And welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the Soul Citizens. I am Griffin Gaming RPG, and we want to welcome you back for another fun-filled conversation about the game we all love and love to hate and love to embrace and love to get mad at called <laughs> Star Citizen. And uh, Radagast, I have to say this. I'm going to repeat what you said. You said that those that those vi that, that video was noise. Uh-oh, somebody's subscribing noise. already. Thrakazog, thank you so much for the gift. It's up to Star Jump. Appreciate it. To Star Jump. Oh, my God. That's great. Thank you. Appreciate um, that. Thank you. Yeah, Radagast, uh, you, you're right. Noise is the right word. I agree. And we want to say noise because those animations have nothing to do with us, but they have a lot to do with our special guest who's on here with us this week, uh, Star Jump Grim, who is here with his hat on. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. How are you, man? Self-promoting, got the hat on. Yeah, hey, that's <laughs> From it. our failed but... merch store. No, so it's not failed. On, it's, it's not failed. Don't worry. We got to go visit Star Jumps. Listen, you guys, we got to visit his merch store, okay? Uh, Chrome we, have to, Ninja. we have to redo it. We we closed it down because the quality just was not there. Uh, but I'll still, I'll still wear the hat. Okay, all right. Chrome nice hat, though. Looks good. Yeah, appreciate it. But I appreciate you uh, having me on tonight. Excited no. to talk uh tonight's subject well you know last time you were here i wasn't here and so i missed out because yeah. i did a lot of work to make that show happen and then i ended up having to be on vacation in disney world so <laughs> I, I had to watch it i had to watch it from florida i actually did watch it while i was down in florida uh chrome ninja thank you so much for that resub for three months from prime thank you uh and i don't want to yeah i don't want to forget my compadre here today you guys haven't seen him in a little bit our 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 newest dad among the group abdi johan <laughs> how are you man hey How's it going? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I got like uh, eight hours of sleep last night, which is just amazing. Good. Thanks. Uh, shout out to my daughter for uh, for making that happen. Letting you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> for letting me sleep. We've been doing some sleep training. She's uh, she's four months old. So she's, she's or five months. Oh, my God. She's five months old. Now, Time's so. flown by. I remember when she was born. Time's just flying. You're going to oh, be yeah. on a year pretty soon. You better start planning that birthday. That's I right. know, right? You got to start now. Got to yeah, start early. You got to start. You got to start <laughs> early. Start getting the invitations together. You guys are making me feel uh -huh. bad because I, you, I, you know, guys, forgive me for this. These guys have their instruments behind them, and we just happen to have a conversation before the show, talking about how we were all musicians. I, if I were to pull this green screen down, they'd probably flip. But I've got some stuff back here that I wish I was going to take my background down, just so I could look as good as they do with their instruments behind them. But. We're not here for music today, even though we did talk about putting together a <laughs> band for CitizenCon right. with some folks. So maybe that's something we should follow up on. Um, we got to make that happen. We got to make it happen. Night, like you were saying. Yeah, That'd that would be great. Awesome. Well, we are here today to talk about The Crucible. Um, as you guys know, last year we started a series called Industrial Strength, where we went through ships like the Orion and the Endeavor, the Starfare, uh, all the big industrial type ships that were in game. And I got to the beginning, I was setting up shows for this year and I was doing first quarter and I was, oh, I got a new series now. And then I said, wait a minute, we never did the Crucible. And so I was like, oh shoot, we got to squeeze it in before we start the new series. So that's why we are finishing up the Industrial Strength series. Even though I thought we were finishing it up last time, we are finishing up because we didn't get to touch on the Crucible. Now there's been a weird synergy going on between those of us over at Soul Citizens and the folks over at Star Jump. I know. <laughs> because, because they have been beating me to the punch on these shows. They did a great show on the Endeavor, which I was just glued to watching. And at that point, I, I contacted Grimm and I said, dude, this show was really, really great. I said, we're going to do a show. And he's like, oh, Griff, I know you guys got one coming up here. Just here. Here's the graphics. I'm like, oh, my God, thank you. So he, he saved oh, nice. us by letting us use a lot of those graphics because our show was their show was just really good. So make sure you guys go back and watch the, if you're interested in the Endeavor. 
Thakazog, thank you again for the resub. Thank you. And Veteran5, thank you for following. We appreciate that. Uh, let me, I, I gotta get, Whammer's, Whammer's gotta come out and say it. Whammer says it's better than me. Thank you. Oh, no. All right, thank you for the follow. There's Whammer, okay? All right. <laughs> Gets me every time. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and so please go, go see their videos. And your, your Crucible one is that, well, it was on repair, right? The one that you guys did, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, after you see our show or before you see our whenever, check out their videos. They're, they're very, very well done with Starlet and Ender and Grim talking about those ships. Um, but today we're going to be wrapping up our series on the Crucible and we're really focusing on Crucible. We do have a series coming up later. We're going back to finishing up on careers. Repair is one of them. But today we really want to talk about this ship because it's a ship that a lot of people, there are some people who are very interested in it. Um, there are some people who know absolutely nothing about it. This ship was, uh, I think debuted back in 2015. And uh, because the re repair mechanic has been just so far off in the distance, um, nobody really talks about it. Uh, we've talked, I think people maybe talk about the Vulcan a little bit more, uh, yeah. but the Crucible itself has been almost forgotten. And so we're going to go back and look at some videos that were tied to that CIG did show back in the day. Some of you may have never seen these shows because some of these, these segments, these ship-shaped segments, were kind of buried in ATVs. And unless you watch the whole ATV, it'd be really easy to miss uh, some of the content that we're going to show you guys today. And then we're going to look at some of the work that Grimm has done. We're going to go back and talk about someone who's actually pre-Grimm, who was the person who was originally kind of sharing a lot of stuff and Grimm shook his head. He knew exactly who this person was. And we're going oh, to look yeah. at some of their work as well. And then we're going to do the Q&A for the Crucible. And then we're going to do our own Q&A if you guys have any questions for us. So uh, yeah, let's, let's just kind of jump right into it uh thank both of you guys again for being here today uh we're gonna drop some links in for you i think my mods are here i don't see one of them but i'm assuming he's here but if not i'll put him in oh, while these guys are here. talking is he okay cool uh oh, yeah we're gonna go ahead and, and and talk a little bit about this we're gonna go back to the blueprints um because i i really want to go back to showing you this is how cig in the early days for a lot of their ships used to show us stuff before we had any the concept drawings but then they tried to also kind of create these blueprints and these schematics to kind of give us an idea of what these ships would look like. And uh, they, they don't do that anymore. I mean, they, they give us the little brochure and stuff, but it's not the same as when they used to do that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut over real quick and kind of show you guys this, and then we're gonna take a look at it, okay? Um, this is what we used to get back in the day, okay, was this type of stuff. And again, the link that, that we're gonna draw for you guys, you can go to that link and that link will show you what these schematics, they're actually bigger than what you're seeing on the screen. Uh, oh, I didn't put these guys on the screen with me. I got to put you guys in with me. Let me let me go back and steal their. <laughs> let me go back and steal their video. You know what? This is a new screen, and I forgot I had to load you guys in. Let me go back and get you guys while we're talking. Uh, do me a favor, Abdi. Would you mind reading that for me? What's on the the um, docket? That thing about back to the yeah, blueprints, the and I'll do the tech. Yeah, yeah, and I'll do the tech while you're doing that. That'll be helpful. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Um, okay, reading this off my drawing tablet. Sorry, I'm looking down, but uh, it says <laughs> here, a so-called flying toolbox, the Crucible, is Anvil Aerospace's first dedicated repair ship. Featuring a rotating control bridge and a detachable pressurized workspace, the Crucible is a versatile mobile garage equipped with repair arms, an operations center, and all the equipment needed to overhaul a damaged craft back into fighting shape. Whether you're restoring a crippled derelict or quickly getting a Hornet back into fighting shape, Crucible is your one-stop repair shop, featuring a series of remote manipulator arms of delicate for delicate repair work, clamshell doors that allow for both zero-g and pressurized repair work, and all the tools and EVA equipment needed to get out there and make things go. Awesome. 
Um, let me go to you, Grim, on these blueprints. When you started doing the work that you did for your animations, were these mm -hmm. were these schematics beneficial to you, or was there some other source that you used to help kind of help? I know, you know, a lot of this stuff was early yeah. day stuff, but was this something that you tapped into for using? Yeah, I always go back to those early things, and especially on the early ships. Um, CIG did a lot of uh, sort of what I would just the schematic stuff, but they also did just a lot of technical drawings. Mm -hmm. um, for example, you know the reclaimer and its arm and how the reclaimer reclaimer's arm works. I discovered through old drawings of CIG, like old concept drawings. Mm -hmm. So on the Crucible especially, um, it filled in a lot of the blanks, which is typically what it does. It fills in blanks, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What it can't give you sometimes is maybe how certain things move, um, you know, the actual animation rigging. Mm -hmm. But it, it, a lot of times it can give you enough clues that I can proceed forward, which is why I always tell people that the stuff I create, especially on the earlier ships like Crucible and stuff, I'm being speculative, mm -hmm. but not for mm -hmm. the sake of being speculative. I'm being, I'm trying to educate myself with as much CIG stuff as possible right. and then moving forward. So, yeah. And I know that you yeah. make every effort to let people know this is what you've come up with, not necessarily CIG's yeah. thing, because, you know, I think that sometimes the work is so good and it looks so real, you know, it looks like it, 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 it actually, um, <clears throat> what's the word I want to say? The things that we have visualized materialize when we see your videos, it is very easy to assume, oh, that's the that's how big it's gonna be, or that's the size it's gonna be, or that's the shape it's gonna be. And yeah. and, and you always do kind of put that little waiver out there that says, Hey, just understand this is based upon the information that they've given us so far, but it is definitely subject to change. It may not be this color, this size, the shape. Hundred yeah. percent. Understand that. Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent, yeah. Um Which is great. I feel like that's super helpful when I mean a lot of people that love soul Cit or star citizen are like uh oftentimes it, it can even be their like their first jump into getting into game development or learning how the tools of the trade work and that kind of a thing um so I, I i always appreciate when content creators go out of their way to kind of like help you think through the process that you know you're thinking through grim what yeah. uh you know the developers would be thinking through and and uh, I, I find that to be super fascinating. Always yeah. fun. Stuff. Yeah, and I, I always want to be careful too on on some of the stuff I create, especially on the earlier concept ships, because I never want to do something and animate something to look a certain way, and and then someone mm. goes and pledges for the ship with real money mm. based mm -hmm. off false information. So typically, I will only animate something if I'm really in like ninety five or you know about 95 percent sure this is how it's going to work mark mm -hmm. now what i try to tell everyone though is that i'm sure it's going to work according to the ancient documents i have access to doesn't mean yeah, cig right. won't change it but if you're just going mm -hmm. off the rsi website and the rsi documents then this is how it's supposed to work that's mm -hmm. kind of the caveat yeah. yeah now grim you shared with us before that you have had times where cig has complimented you said hey you know great job blah 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 blah. Have, have you ever had a situation where there was something that maybe they kind of pulled you back a little bit and said no nah, you may not want to do it that way or, or have you been pretty much for them spot on with most of the stuff that you've done um those that have reached out have, have always uh just complimented me on maybe how close i was to something mm -hmm. um mm. especially things that don't have a lot of documentation out there mm. um 
especially and sometimes it's weird things like um you know like the jump gates for example which we don't even know if jump gates are going to be how cig does jump points anymore according to them but um but i did have one of the people that worked on jump gates for cig reach out to me and say oh wow your jump gate was really pretty close you know mm. what i mean but i think they recognized too that it it was close but not exact because they know i'm like rebuilding a lot of it from scratch but mm it was still close enough that they could tell I looked at research documents and stuff from CIG. So I think they appreciate that. And as an artist myself that works professionally, you know, worked in film and television for about 20 years, I want to make sure I'm respecting the artists that are working on this stuff before me and in, in a more official capacity. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, listen, let's go ahead and jump into some of the things that CIG has said about the ship. And, uh, you know, we'll give a little feedback to that. Yep. I mean, make sure I bring the right one up here. Cause I told you guys, I'm getting to be an old man. I've been brought the wrong thing <laughs> in there. Uh, where is it? <laughs> where is it at? Where's the button? Ship shape, teller, screen, crucible. That's not it. Is that it? Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> We're there. there okay. Man, too many. You know what? I went from the small stream deck to the twenty-something stream deck. Man, that was a bad move, dude. My brain is fried. Oh. <laughs> My brain is fried. It's too big. It's too big. Okay, so let's let's take a look at this, guys. Um, interesting artwork that was done from the early concept work here. Here we've got like uh, three crucibles. Uh, I think one or two of them is actually working on. Is that a, they're working on a ship up there, right? If I'm not mistaken, Idris. Yep, uh, Idris. Yeah, mm -hmm. and this is again early concept stuff, and we're going to talk about the difference in these configurations of the ship as well, because a lot of people don't know that the ship does have a couple different configurations. All right, let's. Uh, we read about this flying toolbox part. Let's go to this part about the cab. I know you guys can't read all of that because it may be too small unless you got a big screen. So our gentlemen, our wonderful guests here, are going to read for us. So Grim, I think it's on you first. Yeah, I can take this. Um, so part one, the cab. The Crucible features a carefully designed repair-oriented bridge with multiple operation stations. A single captain can operate both flight and repair control systems by rotating the bridge. By facing forward, the ship can operate as a normal spacecraft. In reverse, the commander can look out over the repair bay and interact with the manipulator arms and other systems. A larger crew can divide these tasks for maximum efficiency. The Crucible's cab section includes storage, living quarters, dedicated EVA lockers, or, or sorry, and dedicated EVA lockers intended to allow a multi-person crew to prepare uh, to function in zero gravity, which will be necessary for larger repair and salvage operations. Uh, yeah. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, this, the, 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 let's talk about the, because you mentioned about the crew. Uh, this, I think yep. the ship has a minimum crew of three. There are three seats in the front. And if I'm remembering yep. correctly, Grim, is it one or two in the rear part when it, in the back part or the, I guess they call it the back. I, I think back. it's two it in two? the rear part. Okay. It's either, I know it's three on one side and two on the other, mm -hmm. but I can't remember if the three is up, you know, the pilot controlled yeah. or if that's repair arm, yeah, you I think know, repair operators. Has less. But, yeah. I think the, the yeah. scare part has the least amount of seats. And there's more. Yeah. So I think it would be way. two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and this has a maximum crew of eight. Uh, yep. I never did ask you, Ob, because you were really interested in repair. Do you own a Crucible? Or are you interested in the Crucible? Because you said you were interested in repair. I do. I am. I'm interested in repair, and uh, I used to have the Vulcan. Okay. Um, but I upgraded to the Crucible this last uh, IE because mm. um, I uh, I 
I mean, you talk about this in in your in your video, Grim, uh, with uh, Starlet and Ender, mm-hmm. but um, the Vulcan. And this is not a Vulcan stream, but like. It, it's kind of uh it's like more for medium repair mm-hmm. uh and it has the drone bays but i really what i want my whole star citizen gameplay experience to be like is to be kind of wrapped around like works of industry so like mining um repair that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and i just i uh i thought that the the crucible would just be a better fit for that i feel like i'd i'd be able to do more of that repair mm-hmm. um you know have more be able to scale a little bit better with the crucible um so yeah this one this this ship to me is extremely interesting and yeah eight eight people um i feel like you could probably you know take on like if you had like four i don't know how how like how skeleton of a crew you want to go with with this kind of a yeah with this kind of a ship um i think that probably where you are and what system too yeah yeah i think it will have a lot um have a lot to do with um how some of the repair arms will be able to be um operated by via blades because right. you know when you look at the repair gameplay loop it's really going to consist of a, a synergy between the uh, repair arm operator and the terminal mm-hmm. manager um you know the terminal manager diagnoses the problem and prepares the repair you know, the repairs, you know, material for then the robot arm operator to work with mm-hmm. to repair the damage. So right away, you're talking a, a two-person synergy. And mm-hmm. then if you multiply that by the the amount of robot arms the Crucible has, you really start to get to, to a large crew number. Um, there's even some documentation that states that the Crucible has a sort of a master control station for drones, even though there's really mm-hmm. no drone specced for the ship. Mm-hmm. So... It, it really, the, the Crucible takes repair to a completely another level past Vol- the Vulcan. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, when you look at ships like, uh, you know, the Prospector, Mole, and Orion, there really is kind of a natural curve in terms of more yeah. complexity with those ships. You know, it's a mm-hmm. little sort of a step up each time. But the Crucible kind of defies that in regards to the Vulcan. Yeah. I mean, it's like a whole, not only is it a mm-hmm. whole nother level up, it's a whole nother ball game. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny oh, yeah. that you mentioned that because I was thinking about, you know, Prospector to Orion is what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> that there is, we've talked about when we did the Orion show, we talked about the fact of expertise and the different people who operate the different stations on the ship and as far as knowledge yeah. and how to operate them. And I, and I was going right. to ask, do you think that this ship may have something very similar? Because... You know, one of the things it seems like CIG is doing, and I'm only, and I hate to base it upon mining. I really hate to base it upon mining, but I am saying if they follow the path that they're doing with mining, you cannot just go and mine. Does that make sense? You can't Uh just jump into mining Mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to go mine. You really have to learn what, you know, how the gauges work, what the different things are on your HUD. You have to learn about the, uh, the consumables, the passives, the different heads, you know, there, there, there becomes a certain knowledge base or expertise that you gain and then developing the skill, right? Of how to combine all yeah. those things and put them together so that they work. Uh, and, and so, you know, I've always said that people who are into mining are people who are into mining. You know, you're not gonna get the combat fighter who says, oh, I'm gonna go mine. No, usually mining people just, that's their thing. You know, some people can just like- I love like, mining. Oh. Yeah, just like combat people. Some people, that's combat, that's their thing. And you gotta know what to yep. do in that cockpit, right? Yeah. So for yep. this ship, to your point, Grim, I've wondered, will repair, and you just kind of took us down that path, 
be beyond just flipping a switch and pointing a laser arm at something and it getting fixed. You know, I'm, to I'm me, hmm? yeah, to me, based off my research, it's probably the most involved of the gameplay loops in terms of there being there's there's really a ton of steps involved in the repair process process if we're going off CIG's original documentation on repair. Yeah. Mm. Um, but if you use that as their as as their plan, um, then it is a very involved process that to to really work as intended re would require a minimum of two people, mm -hmm. um, unless they fundamentally change the gameplay loop. Yeah, yeah. Beyond what's spec. Yeah. yeah. And, and and matter of fact, let's talk about the other part of the ship because we just talked about the cab with five seats, right? Um, mm -hmm. But but <clears throat> I think one of the things that people forget about too is. You know, the physicalized dynamics of the game is also what requires for you to have people, you know. Uh, yep. I, I'm, I'm amazed at the people who like to go get in the mole as a solo player and run up and down the ladder I, yeah. and do all that stuff. I'm not trying to do all that work. I'm like, give me two or three people <laughs> to get in the ship with me and I'm cool, you know. But I, I'm mm -hmm. saying there will be some people who will probably try to do, run the Crucible with, like you said, skeleton crew, you know, maybe yep. two people, three people. Yep. Um, but if we have to start thinking about physicalized inventory, loading things, preparing things, repairing things, that's where those maybe extra one or two bodies might help you out in making life a little yeah. bit easier. And that's just in the ship, Griff. Like there's there's outside the ship too. If you're yeah. in a place like Pyro or somewhere else where mm -hmm. you have to think about people who are out there looking for you, looking for derelict ships, you know, mm -hmm. like you need someone in that top turret or bottom turret mm -hmm. or something as well, just to just to be ready. Like mm -hmm. it you it's it's so much more than just repair. It's it's the function of the ship too yeah. and the and the gameplay yeah. around it. So that's, yeah, that's... I'm I'm curious to see what people can pull off with this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's especially um, it's going to be especially important when you consider, you know, multi-crew ship operations. You know, I, I see the future of that is not everyone being a distinct role, but people having flex roles. Yes. So <clears throat> in repair operations, your ship engineer may then turn into a you know mm -hmm. a repair terminal manager. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And is yep. working that station. Yep. Maybe your co-pilot goes down there and switches to that job, and then you go back to flight operations, and everyone sort of takes their original station mm -hmm. in the crucible you're really gonna have to do that yeah. in order to keep your crew count somewhat manageable otherwise yeah. you're gonna be bringing 15 people to <laughs> somebody's yeah. ship it's gonna be an ore yeah. ship you know <laughs> really well yeah very quickly but, but you know what the oh, other yeah. thing is to, to your point this is what also makes you invaluable when people hire you on right if you've got those skills to be able to say not only can i do this but i can also do these other two things well now mm -hmm. when somebody wants to hire you for work right your pay can go yep. up a little bit more, right? Okay, let's jump to the workshop because this is the, we're just starting to dabble a little bit into this part of the ship. And uh, I think, Abdi, this is on you this time. Yeah, I got it. Here okay. we go. Uh, like the Endeavor or the Hull series, the Crucible is designed for future expansion. Included with the standard model is what we've dubbed the Scarab, a dedicated dry workshop designed to support pressurized repair of single-seat fighters such as a Hornet or Gladiator. As an anvil ship produced for the military, the Crucible is designed with these in mind. Two internal arms allow work repair or allow uh, work repair work to be conducted remotely, while direct access to the cab module, when attached, lets crews get up and close and personal with their chain charges. External clamshell doors can be opened in depressurized mode, allowing the crew access to repair larger ships, making the crucible capable of servicing everything from a constellation to a bengal. The scarab can also be dropped in space 
and can remain a fully function functional temporary station while the cab performs other duties. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome sauce, awesome. Um, yep. one, one thing that I'm impressed with, and we look at your videos later, Grim, um, <clears throat> I don't know how I missed this. I, and, and we've talked about this too. And I, I want to actually ask you this as a question. Um, sure. One of the things we've talked about on the show before, especially when we were going through a lot of these industrial ships, was that many of them were concepted prior to metrics finally being finalized in the game, yeah. right? So later on, CIG had to go back and, you know, maybe the concept artists, they gave them some rough numbers and they came up with something. And then CIG found out later that maybe we need to make things a little bit wider down this hallway, a little bit deeper. We want to oh, be able yeah. to have PVP play, blah, 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 blah. And so many ships like the Starfare, uh, like um, the Carrick have grown those earlier yeah. ships, right? The, I was amazed when I saw your video that you put out with your animations, the Crucible's a big ship. It's, you know, I, it I mean, you look at it and you see the little, you know, the, the um, Gladius in there, but it is a big ship, right? It's 90 meters long, um, as currently listed on the RSI site, but it's also incredibly too small for its ultimate role. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's definitely something I have looked at pretty in depth, and I really think the ship will need to grow to about the 100 and somewhere about the 130 to 150 meter mark, uh, personally, mm -hmm. um, to do its role and have the flexibility needed. Um, because right now, if you look at the Scarab or the workshop, it's it's been called both. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's so limiting right now in terms of what ships can fit inside it mm -hmm. that you almost start to wonder if you should ever take it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And if you shouldn't mm -hmm. just fly with the two primary nacelle arms, because there's two arms tacked you know, tucked into those nacelles that are mm -hmm. outside the workshop. Yeah. It, right. it almost makes you wonder, well, should I just fly without the scarab mm -hmm. and just use those arms to repair anything? Um, if if they were to scale the ship up to be big enough to where that internal hangar workshop could fit something like a Vanguard or an Ares Inferno or anything like that, you would have to get the ship up, in terms of my measuring, you would have to get the ship to about the 150 meter mark to get, for example, an Ares Inferno and the Scarab and have enough space to walk around and maneuver repair arms. Yeah. Because uh, you're going to need a little bit of room, you know, <laughs> it can't just be end to end. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't think that's completely unreasonable mm -hmm. I, I, for, for, for a ship like this. Mm -hmm. I think this is the Orion of repair. Yeah. And um, there's really no reason why it can't grow. Um, the flip side to that, though, is I do think, and I've said this several times on, on our Star Jump Station show, that I do think CIG is, at least for the foreseeable future, done with 150 plus meter ships, mm -hmm. like new ones. Um, that's not to say that old ones can't grow bigger, like mm -hmm. the, the like the Merchantman and stuff. But I think the days of, for example, I don't I don't foresee a new concept ship concept repair ship coming out anytime soon that is like capital sized mm -hmm. you know sometimes people will say well is there going to be a capital repair ship mm -hmm. I, I don't ever see that happening um yeah. i think 150 meter mark is going to be about the limit now we've seen that with the odyssey we've seen it with the liberator i think they're trying to bring bring the size of these ships a little bit more in line i think a lot of that has to do with crew count mm -hmm. and the uh, crucible is a lot like the endeavor in that it's one of those old holdovers that 
really needs to be big to do all of its functions. You know what I mean? So it kind of almost is against the ethos that they seem to be moving in now. Um, So while it will grow, I think there's still going to be a top limit there. Yeah. Um, And part of those considerations that you're talking about, it's it's not just the crew size, but it's also, are you thinking like, you know, server stability, making sure that you have like, you know, rendering, all that kind of thing. Exactly, yeah, exactly. This is the type of ship, for example, that is going to be, you know, benefit a lot out of, you know, from things like, you know, interior and exterior ship culling and all that kind of stuff, yeah. um, mm-hmm. because there is a lot going on here. And those yes. things just keep getting kicked down the line a little bit. They just do. They do. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's it, they're, exactly. they're working on it. So, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, listen, let's go ahead and we're going to take you guys back in the time machine here. Uh, we're going to go back and take a look at one of the early videos CIG did. This is from 2015. It's a ship shape uh, with Jared. And I forget the gentleman's name, Hernandez. I forget his name, Rodriguez. I forget who he's talking to. But um, they're going to give us, this is like the first time we really got to see a uh, white box. Uh, I think it was, this is it was so early. Great, but yeah, it's really <laughs> early. It's really early. Randy, like, I worked Vasquez. on this for the last Vasquez, week or something you, like Vasquez. that. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, it, but it, but it, it stays true to the information that we have here, and it'll just give you an idea of what CIG is thinking about about this ship. And then we're going to come back, look at a couple more videos, and then we're going to do some more talking. By the way, there's a couple things about. Oh, I'm just real quick. Big Black Gaming, thank you for the 500 bits. Comic Stud, thank you for the 100 bits. And Shri, is it Shin Riku? Thank you for the one month subscription. We appreciate that and the follow. Thank you guys so so much for Thanks, that. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, were you going to say something real quick, Abdi? Or no? Uh, well, just uh, there's, there, I would just take note of like the the interesting aspects of the ship that like you know animation things that uh, Grim was talking about, where they're speculating on things in this video, and I'm really really curious to see, <laughs> you know, what happens to some of these to some of these fun- ship functionality aspects. So, Absolutely. We'll see. Okay. All right, gang. Here we go. On this episode of Ship Shape, we're sitting down once again with technical designer Randy Vasquez, who's going to take us through the very, very early white box of the Crucible interior. Randy, how you doing? Doing good, how are you still? Good, good. You ready to do this one more time? Let's do this. All right. Today we'll be looking at the Crucible, and kind of you can see right here, um, this is the kind of overall layout of the Crucible itself. <clears throat> so let's actually get you in. Actually, let me go to this real quick. So this kind of just breaks down the levels and layers of the Crucible. Again, this is really early concept, really, really early on, just designs in general. So we're gonna go ahead and close that out and then jump in game. All right. So kind of what I've been working on is just building out the interior layouts. So this is about a maybe a week or so, maybe a little bit more yeah, haven't been on this the very process. Long. No. This is very early in the process. It really is, and this kind of touches some salvage, it touches repair, and probably a few other systems we can't talk about yet. So we're going to get into it. So as you can see here, we're going to go ahead and enter through the rear ramp. And this is going to be kind of where ships are inside of it. So single-seater ships will be sitting inside of this thing. Hornets, Gladius. Yeah, things like that, I. smaller ships that can be repaired internally. As you can see, as we first enter into this area, we have some <clears throat> we have some cargo. We have where equipment would be. We have some cranes and everything set up so that way 
like arms can come out and kind of operate in that area. Okay. So as we continue through, we can see that like, you know, we have some repair pumps, we have some fuel pumps, we have coolant pumps, so anything that a ship would need to also help with refitting and resupplying. So that will also be a function of this type of ship. Now, since we're gonna start on the bottom, we're gonna look at kind of, we have some components on the sides, we have some airlock entryways, basically every single entry into the ship from the outside is going to be um, an airlock. Just gotcha. because being a repair ship, they need to be able to get in and out of the ship at any time. So you'll also be seeing a lot of personal storages around the area, so that way they can put on suits and have equipment right there and they can re-equip right before they exit the door. This work area has, it's not open like this, it has doors. So Yes, it'll so actually be enclosed, but that can actually open up as well. That's just another reason for the airlocks, because, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, some of the stuff is going to be actually open to space, while others are not going to be open to space. And we're still very much on designing a lot of the exterior as well as the interior at the same time. It's actually been really cool. Um, Ryan Church is the one working on this ship, mm -hmm. and he's done some awesome work. So if you look up his stuff, you'll be able to see some of the stuff he's Consolation, Idris. Yeah. yeah, not even just us, like his other works are oh, yeah. pretty awesome, I mean. <laughs> he's kind of good. He's, yeah, he kind of knows how to do things. Um, so this whole area is actually a module that can come in and out, or detach and be attached. So actually, these stations up here are actually part of the module that come off. So these are going to be like the internal arm operators that will actually be able to get into the rest of the ship as well. <clears throat> and those arm operators will be taking care of like these cranes that are built along the sides. And then they'll be kind of manipulating them. So let's get inside the ship. Okay. So everything, like I said before, everything has airlocks. We have two entryways on either side. Um, Ideally, I kind of see it working kind of like how like a kitchen crew would work where they go in one door and they only exit the other door, so right. that way the crew is always trained okay. to kind of do that. It kind of makes sense flow-wise, right? Like yeah. if a ship is, if the crew is trained that way, then it just makes it easier. Like, all right, I'm entering. You never have to worry about, you know, yelling, make a hole, make a hole, and then everybody kind of get congested. Exactly. Now, this middle area right here is an airlock that is actually an elevator. So like the Constellation, you know how the middle part of the Constellation kind of just drops down okay. so that people can load stuff on? So that kind of follows suit, actually. As you see here, I have 36 SCU that's able to go on this elevator, and this will be able to load things. What is this? Oh, it's another entry. So this will be an entryway, like an um, elevator for personnel, and then they enter through here. As you can see, kind of just shares that space. So. This first area is going to be, as it says, loading and storage. We could load storage here, we could have equipment here. It kind of depends on what the crew wants to do. And this is going to be where like EVA suits and everything is stored. Okay. Right. This central area is another elevator that is going to be serving the whole entire ship. So this will take you actually into the rest of the ship. So and let's go up. Okay, this is in the center of that cylindrical area. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. So going up, we have engineering. So engineering will have a lot more components and piping and everything to basically get, keep this ship running. So as you see here, we have like an engineering station, and this is where the engineer is going to basically have most of his job. So there's also right here a repair station where they're going to be going through and doing anything to get ready for preparing, like uh, preparing for repairs and everything like that. And you had mentioned that there's gonna be actually a post soon? Yeah, uh, by the time folks see this, hopefully, there will be a detailed post uh, on the repair system by our own Todd Pappy. 
So you'll get to read about repair gels and all the stuff that you have to do in preparation of repair. Nice. So that's what the station's for. So in engineering, also, it connects through LX again the internal arm operations. And I'm kind of just going to show both sides to show that they both kind of feed into this kind of this area is meant so that you can get to multiple parts of the ship multiple ways. Hmm. And then this is an observation deck, and we're going to have hopefully some screens set up here so that way if anybody's walking around doing something like that, you can check the status. Kind of like near the doctors and like, you know, you have the screen set up and like, okay, this patient is set up like this. Yeah. It kind of has that type of like, we want that functionality. Okay. So hopefully like just information everywhere, right? It's a repair ship. People should know where the status of repairs are no matter where you are. So. Continuing on with engineering, we have um, components off to the wings, and this is going to be like where fuel is, where the coolants are, where <coughs> um, ballast is. This is going to have like the drone launch bays for the front of the ship. We go on this side as well. Again, feeds into the room, so that way personnel space. You can even get up to the other level above, which we'll talk about in a few seconds. So the one thing that's about this room is, is besides the drone launch ballast and power and fuel and stuff, this is actually where the engine array it works. So as you can see here, this is the engine array, and we have large engines, one top, one bottom, and this thing actually slides across a track. So basically this thing will slide over here, or slide back here, and this is going to be based on the mass. So if the center of mass changes, then the engine's arrays actually will move based on where their center of mass is. Gotcha. And this is because we're taking entire other ships yep. into our hold. Yep. It's a little more than just cargo. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Nope. So that is the main purpose. So when this thing is going to repair mode, though, then basically this hole will line up with the center of the engine array. Okay. And then the player should be able to climb into it and then do your own repairs for your own ship if you need gotcha. to. So that's kind of a unique thing for our game. We're not going to talk about drones for a while because that's going to be in another dock. So let's, you know, instead of going to the elevator, let's go ahead and go up here now. So basically, we're up here now. And don't worry, a lot of these things you won't be able to see in the real ship. This is all just very much early on white box stuff. So this is about the earliest white box you can have, guys. So yeah, it's you, know, you, want, you said on. you wanted to see how the sausage was made. <laughs> this, this is as early as the sausage is being made here. So this actually goes into the crew quarters, and two crew members would be sleeping in this area, and you know just some lounge, little lounge area for their own. And then you know, if they want to read a book, they don't want to lay down or something like that. But each individual cruise pod will be its own dedicated escape pod as well. So okay. if catastrophic failure happens, then they're able to jump in there and kind of get out of dodge. So this is the crew common area where, you know, they would cook meals, they would eat, store food, kind of have like a little lounge where they can just chill and chat and stuff. Um, bathroom, showers, all that stuff would be in this area right here. And then on the other side, more of the same. That way I kind of keep it separated a little bit. Yeah. So. They can kind of have some privacy, but then still have, like, you know, dorm mates. <laughs> so, let's go up to the last floor, which is the bridge. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So, now, the bridge is unique, right, in that it is meant to actually rotate. Okay. 
So we're still figuring out the designs, whether it's going to be the interior only rotating or if it's going to be the whole entire top part rotating. And gotcha. the reason why this would be rotating is we have three crew members up here, right? And each crew member can kind of change what they want to do on the job, right? So like the middle seat would be the pilot seat, dedicated pilot seat. And the other guys, they'd be doing arm operations. Um, they would be doing drone operations. You know, so various functions would be handled by the guys on the side, as well as you know, one could be a co-pilot, one could be helping out engineering. The engineering station is probably the main station that's doing just that. But then also the engineer would probably go over and take care of um, repair preparations and probably anything else they want to do, right? Mm -hmm. Even though this ship is only manned by four people, there's at least seven stations on this thing. Yeah, so that way right. people will need to actually switch around, do different things. So this ship will keep people busy. So you've got the arrows on the floor there. You should have guessed it was going to turn around. Yeah, it's one <laughs> of the things we're working on. Um, so as I said before, airlocks everywhere. We have escape pods here, um, two more over here, so that way the crew can get out if they're either on the bridge or if they're in the crew quarters. So there's always something they can reach, right? Gotcha. So right here, this airlock actually will take them out to this area right here. So if there's something they need to get to really quickly, they can EVA out, and this is right on top of the observation deck. And again, they can kind of EVA out again and go down to different levels. People like see kind of swarming all over the place and kind of just going from there. So we kind of wanted to keep that as in it is a repair ship. It is meant to be entered and exited quickly, to be able to get to different areas, different levels, really easily on based on what the needs of the ship is very cool so um <clears throat> i think i think brian had talked about things where these the seats themselves are actually going to be on tracks so based on what is happening with the ship then basically you get better visibility so like these things we moving forward or these things we moving backwards like there's still a bunch of things that we have to work out yeah and kind of go from there so and then once these things are turned over here then this is the view that they'd be seeing. So they can kind of overview everything and look over everything. All right, so let's do something real quick. I want to show you guys kind of, this is what the ship kind of looks like when we have other ships. As you see, I started with some smaller ships, kind of placing them around inside here. I have like an Argo in there. I have some other things like the Constellation, the Retaliator, and we can kind of see with the thing open, these things can fit up to a point mm -hmm. and then that's when these arms kind of will unfurl and start doing some of the repair so and for even larger ships drones and these repair arms will be used gotcha. so it really depends on the different type of repair that they will need to get done they'll use different tools to repair it gotcha. so this is why the command you'd want the command module to rotate because when you have such a large ship in here the existing observation deck when you, you, you end up looking at the underside of the retaliator mm -hmm. there. Yep. So, gotcha. so really quickly, I'm going to actually turn on this thing so you guys can see. You guys get a good look of kind of what we've been working with and just building up right here. And let's go ahead and turn it on there. So now we can kind of see all of the stuff fitting inside the ship. So we've been kind of rebuilding the ship piece by piece, kind of just based on the functionality and where we kind of saw things fitting. Very cool. Uh, one thing engines. we didn't talk about was um, the turrets up top. Turret. So all the turrets are going to be remote turrets. So that way, these excuse me, these people on the side right here 
and when they're not doing other things, they can actually turn into, um, like, you know, turret, turret gunners, and without switching from their stations. Everything's going to be super modular, as in, like, people are going to be switching jobs really quickly on the ship just to kind of feed the need of the ship at that time. Very cool. And that is about it for this. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, man, Randy, it's, I, I, I don't think you said enough. We, we and everybody in the community appreciate you taking the time to do these for us. Um, yeah, this is an exciting ship. I think by the time people see this, uh, the ship will be on sale already. Uh, you should have the design dock on repair from Todd Pappy. Um, so yeah, it's an exciting ship, a whole new avenue of gameplay, and uh, definitely excited to have it aboard. So Randy, thanks a lot, man. Thank you. All right, back to you guys. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would have swore when they went over to go show like where the retaliator and stuff was, he said, we have an Argo down there. Did you guys hear him say that? I missed uh, that yeah. one. <laughs> I would have swore yeah, he said he there's an Argo down there. I'm like an Argo. The Argo wasn't out back then. So I'm just, I have to go back and watch oh, that video slip. again. I thought he did. I yeah, thought he said he, there was. He did. He says an Argo. He's, I'm, I'm going to go back and watch that later on and, and see, because I'm pretty <laughs> yeah, sure that's what oh. he said. It was just kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Threx says, yeah. He said he saw an Argo down there. That's oh, yeah. Wow. That's interesting for 2015. That's cool. Yeah, that that's pretty. So leaks. <laughs> yeah, Lucy. Yeah, leaks. Yeah, it's a big leak. We we completely missed that. I think back in the day, you know. Uh, Grim, let me bounce to you again here. When you were preparing your, because we're going to be taking a look at your stuff in a few minutes. Was was this helpful in the sense of you seeing that when you was this part of your research was to see this stuff the early days of this stuff. Oh, yeah, it answers a lot of questions, too. Just even some of the little offhanded comments, like when he talks about the rotating bridge and he talks about how the rent engines are able to gimbal and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Again, that cues me on how the ship can possibly animate because I like to give the ships not only do I retexture them but I try to give them you know some animation functionality as well so these videos are always super helpful with that because I'll have a lot of people reach out sometimes and say, well, you posted i'll give you a good example so when i had the crucible in the aegis cinematic mm. i had someone message me and said hey you have the crucible flying backwards <laughs> and i said i said well it's possible because uh, i don't you know i'm not familiar you know completely intimately familiar with every single ship but at the same time i went back and looked through my research and um CIG has concept art of the crucible flying in both directions. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay, that saved me. I've had the same thing on the Orion where people say those things don't spin on the Orion, on the Orion. But then I found documentation where CIG says <laughs> they do in fact spin. So these old videos are really helpful with getting those small details down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Abdi, yeah. what did you think of the, uh, the thing for shifting the center of gravity of the ship that the act engines actually move back and forth down the side of the ship did you catch that i did yeah i thought that that was super interesting <laughs> especially considering like yeah this ship is kind of unique because on its own it can be so light oh mm -hmm. my camera got a little funky there mm -hmm. uh, but on its own it can be so light but mm -hmm. uh you know you you put a bigger ship on it you know and uh and it's it's taking on more mass and i'm, I'm really curious to see you know 
if you do take this thing, uh, you know, uh, in Atmo, mm -hmm. if you if you take it planet side or something like that, mm -hmm. and you have a ship on it, you know, maybe people try to use this as like some kind of weird pocket carrier or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like that that should change something, I guess. Well, you know, imagine like imagine forgetting to change that center of gravity. And you do go into, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, your your, your weight shifts all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, when you get in the atmosphere, you don't, you're like, what the heck's going on with my ship, right? That, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that's pretty, pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, so I think stuff. that's a, it's an interesting consideration, and it's cool to see it so early, mm -hmm. like, you know, for them to at least mention that so early so that we can kind of get an idea of. One know. of the... One of the things kind of leading off of that, Abdi, that, that cue me that the ship will need to grow because it's not necessarily mm -hmm. that it needs to even grow just because like, oh, it needs to fit bigger ships in the hangar because fine, it could just be for single seat gladiators and arrow gladiuses and arrows and stuff like that. But what really cues me off is when I watch that video and for example, they'll show the crew sleeping quarters where in mm. the crew sleeping quarters, they have these very kind of small little pods. Yeah. Um, but we know that Anvil doesn't do that anymore on the large Anvil ships, at least according to the Carrick. And I would have to imagine they're going to use the Carrick and Liberator as their, you know, design cue for this yeah. ship. And if you've obviously have ever been in a Carrick, the sleeping quarters, those bunk bed things, they're quite large. They're pretty big pods and uh, much larger than what we were seeing in that video. So to sleep, you know, a crew of eight already, that room would need to be double the size unless they take a left turn and do sleeping pods that are completely different than any other Anvil ship. You know what I mean? So those are some of the things when I watch those videos that I cue off of when I do, um, sort of estimates on size and stuff. It's it's yeah. not always just like, oh, will this ship fit into it or whatever. Another yeah. place I look is um, I look at when we're talking about metrics, you know, I think the Carrick is really kind of the top end in terms of metrics. Um, for example, it's, I think, 120-something meters long. It's 90, I forget, or 70-something meters wide. The um, the crucible is only like 50 meters wide, so in 90 meters long. So it has room to grow and still fit into a large hangar, you know, on a right. planetside surface. So they've got enough slack in there to grow and allow that interior um, space that we were seeing in that video to breathe a little bit. Because while it seemed big when he was going through it, if you were to replace those sleeping pods or any of that stuff with what Anvil actually uses in the Carrick, you're immediately too cramped now for AI to navigate the ship. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so that's that's the type of stuff I read when I when I watch those old videos. Which is super cool that you you go that in depth to like make you know kind of get an idea of spacing requirements and and yeah. and, and read off of that. That's I I love that there's so much research that goes into it. It's not just like you know scanning something or you know you know just doing things willy-nilly or whatever yeah. i'm sure you take artist interpretation you know you, i do uh, yeah that goes into it which is cool i think that that's a great thing yeah. to do but um yeah and, that, and we know that's something cig does across the board now They're, they've actually said even recently in the last couple of months i think in one of the last inside star systems of last year they said that um, you know, the whole sea underwent um, a slight corridor enlargement for AI um, past its original build out. So, so we know they're still actively doing that for AI. Um, yeah. Yeah. All righty.
Well, but another thing that was interesting in that video that mm -hmm. I will point out is they pointed out that um, that repair terminal manager station, and it was a station that was all textured in red. That particular yeah. station, I only I noticed he only pointed out one of those, mm -hmm. which makes me wonder if there is only one material terminal manager and then maybe multiple arm operators and that terminal manager can send materials to specific arms. I was originally thinking maybe you'd need one terminal for each arm, but maybe it's one terminal for all arms, mm. which would save on crew capacity. It would. It would. That is interesting. Yep. And that kind of goes into a conversation that you had with Starlet a little bit in terms of like, I think you were saying, will will this, well, you're talking about drones specifically, but kind of with the whole arms thing, like, yeah. will those drones be something where we get to manually be able to operate them, you know, the way that you would uh, like a prospector or when you're mining or something, you go into mining mode, or yeah. if it's something where you just kind of like tell those arms what to do and they do that. Um, yeah, I, I think me and Starlet may have a slight, um, you know, sort of opposing views on that, where she sort of thinks that it's going to be more of an automatic thing. You tell them what to do. Okay. Um, I think that they are going to be manually controlled, and there's two reasons I think that's going to be the case. Um, the first is that we know repair is going to use the same system that mining does. Um, there's essentially a, a stripping laser and then a repairing yeah. laser essentially, right. um, sort of like your mining laser and your, you know, gravity extracting laser, you know. So it's the same sort of um, give and take away laser system. Um, so the so there's going to be some activeness from the user in terms of when to activate one versus the other. But then another thing they specifically say in the um, crucible jump point which is from way back in 2015 it's a really in-depth jump point um, issue on the crucible they say that the arms will operate in a way where you can point to a target so let's say you point to a you know um, a thruster nodule on a ship and while you position the the head of the arm, so the actual repair head to that position, the rest of the arm will automatically gimbal and and do whatever it needs to do to put the head where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. So that insinuates that it will be very much like the mining laser in that you're driving yeah. the head and the arm does whatever it needs to do automatically to get there. That's um, cool. Yeah. Nice. And they specifically mention IK rigs. So inverse kinematic rigs, which will, which are the animation rigs and joints that dictate how something like that moves. Mm -hmm. The fact sure. that they reference those in that early on, back in that jump point, probably means they have an idea of how those arms are I'm actually going to, going to function. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that all this doesn't change, but according yeah. to that documentation, these would be manual arms that you drive up there, you strip off materials, and then once your terminal manager feeds you the repair materials, you then inject the material, you know, mm -hmm. the repair materials. Wow. Like you said, boy, this is uh, no small task <laughs> to do repair <laughs> no. with this MTSOP. <laughs> okay. Well, look, we're going to yeah. take a look at, um, let's see, who's that? Oh, Thrakazad, thank you again for the gifted sub. Thank you so much yeah. for the comics. Hey, thank, uh, you. thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, you. Uh, listen, we're going to look at another video and we're going to talk, we'll talk while we're watching this video, guys, uh, and you guys can hear our comments. Uh, but this is a video that was done by Teller. Uh, many of you know Teller, uh, from the earliest days of Star Citizen was one of those people who, uh, would produce, uh, animations for the community for us to be able to 
kind of visualize and see what these ships look like beyond just a concept drawing or a schematic. And so we want to take a quick look at Teller's video. And the, the uniqueness about this video is that he does take us inside the ship. Yeah. Uh, and even though we saw the white box version, it does help when you see the walls and things up a little yeah. bit. So we're going to take a look at that. He's right done here. some cool stuff. He has. He's done some really cool stuff. All right. There's a good size comparison there. He's got a you mm -hmm. know, hornet out there. If there's anything you guys see that you want to point out, you know, feel free. Uh, well, one thing that I, I guess... do love that Teller does. Oh, sorry, Abdi. I, I was just going to say that no. I love that he sets the ships in a place. Yeah. Gives you that the context. Scale. I always love that he did that. Mm -hmm. And kind of speaking towards that, I like that, you know, there is some talk about different ways that you can access ships, uh, you know, whether you EVA out to them um, or, or things like that. And mm -hmm. it's interesting that he put the ship on top of the of the hangar bay there mm -hmm. uh, of the scarab hmm. um i don't know if that's going to be something that people will do to like you know so you can have maybe another ship on top that someone's working on mm. you know evaing or something like that so let's say you have like two ships like two small ships inside and then you have another ship on top of the closed hangar door or something like that mm. so someone can work on it outside you know just mm. kind of kind of quick get something quick and quick and fast yeah. that you can do who knows yeah now there's something interesting there because he has a fourth seat there yeah yeah and i've always wondered if I that's because that, he only has one seat in the back so maybe that's kind of where he interpreted that you know what is it on that maybe it's on that thing that spins around because look how it's fitting into the floor there mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the hollow model that's currently on the RSI site has these internals in it. Um, mm. And sometimes when these hollow models are put out, um, I have noticed that certain things are in the wrong position. Ah. Uh, for example, mm. thrusters can sometimes get be in the wrong position, mm -hmm. seats and stuff. I'm not sure if that's what's happening here, but okay. uh, it, it has happened before. Gotcha. Origin ships suffer from that really badly when I'm bringing them into my 3d pipeline mm. the thrusters are always in the wrong spot and i have to reposition them is there a reason for that is it just because they're they're taking like old models and just throwing it's, them quickly into like a visualizer of some sort or throwing you know, a skin I'm, on them to turn them into a hollow yeah i'm not totally sure but i was talking to someone uh today who helps me out a lot with 3d stuff and he's really good at getting these cig ships in a good place and he just said it was had something to do with the way cig uses its flagging system it was a little bit above my head but sure <laughs> yeah now this area here this is down below this is the cargo yep. area crew i guess quarters. he was talking about yep. crew quarters okay mm -hmm. yeah like was it ryan or something the guy from the ship shape video was talking about how like you know giving you good access to looking at you know the ship from whatever floor you're on mm -hmm. uh, yeah you know whatever ship is being worked on i think that's a really cool design idea um and, and i hope they idea. I, I hope they keep that sometimes i wonder for performance reasons if they'll start doing less of that simply because when you do have windows that look out into complicated areas your your vis you area it has to yeah. be rendered now um I'm sure John Crew looks at some of these old <laughs> ships that are pre-John Crew being the pipeline director and is like, <laughs> <laughs> but you can oh, you can help but, with that sometimes with just making smaller windows instead of big panoramic yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. 
Uh, it does but help it is that he's... one of those things you tell people whenever you bring them into the game, like, like, yeah. hey, look outside that window. That's that's stuff that's happening out there. Like that's yeah, that's yeah, for real, sure. Which is uh, cool. It's it's one of those wow moments for sure. Now, for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop here just for a second, guys. I'm gonna go back a little bit. Is this a factor? Because I always thought that this was a little tight. Uh, the scale here. I'm, I'm glad he puts like the buggy in there and everything to give you some ideas of scale. It's it's definitely too tight when you're considering things like um, even SDF shields, for example, if the ship was still act like still mm -hmm. powered on. Mm -hmm. uh, but all, but more importantly, um, ships can now we don't see them because they're turned off. However, if you bring the ship into Blender mm -hmm. or 3D application, you can see it and you have to delete it. Mm -hmm. Ships have oh. essentially what's called a proxy mesh around them, which that proxy mesh can be anything for collision to to other things. And that proxy mesh sticks off of the ship, you know, a little bit of a ways. And I could tell you from that one internal hangar shot, the proxy mesh would have been intersecting with the door. Mm. Sure. Okay. Yep. Okay. I mean, that's like, there's just so little clearance too with getting that top turret there. Yep. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah that's why i'm like if they want to do that vanguard like you were saying like vanguards i, I fly a harbinger quite a bit and i'm just yeah. like that's they're, they're so much bigger than you think they'd be yeah well and even and even if you didn't go vanguard size on on um, one of my behind the scenes shows i did where i just personally stream and kind of talk ships it wasn't an actual star jump station mm -hmm. um i had someone ask would an aries fit in there and for it to fit and still have a little room for someone to walk around the ship just a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, the ship had to grow at almost 130 meters mm -hmm. uh, for the Aries. Mm -hmm. um, so that gives you some some idea. Um, I, I would almost think that uh, it, it, maybe it's me, but I would I would hope that the Crucible would be designed to be able to within the Scarab or the hangar area hold yeah. medium fighters at the very yeah. least because there's a lot of dialogue. When we get to the Q and A, they'll talk about hornet and ships like that the gladiator things like that but if yeah. it's just for small and and you know regular size fighters i think it'd be very limiting um I, yeah. I, to me i think they've got to grow it out at least for medium you know like you said a harbinger yeah. or something like that without a problem one one thing i will add um because sometimes people point this out about the crucible is that if you pay close attention you'll notice there's two different workshops that are shown mm -hmm. um in different videos one is a much more like box shape, which is the animation I did that you showed at the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. And there's another one that's a little bit more of a wedge-shaped um, scarab mm -hmm. workshop mm -hmm. that doesn't have a roof on it. Um, in all my, and, and even in the most recent IAE, the Crucible Hollow model that was on display used the wedge-shaped hanger. Mm -hmm. But funny enough, if you go back and read through all the CIG documentation, um, it, the the wedge shape was actually where they started mm -hmm. and they wanted to go into more of an industrial look. So mm -hmm. they then changed it and updated it to the square, square. look, mm -hmm. the one that I went with. Mm -hmm. But then it's interesting that they show in just the most recent IE, the wedge shape again. So I'm really, yeah. that's kind of the big question mark is which <laughs> scarab are they going with? The problem with mm -hmm. the wedge shape one is it is actually much smaller than the box one. Um, so there's mm -hmm. a little question mark there. Well. Let's let's, talk, yeah. let's look at it a little bit here. Um, there we go. There. Right. So that's the box. Yeah. One. You yeah. Mm -hmm. you mentioned this in your uh, in in the the Star Jump Grim video um, that I think we're taking a, a look at in a little bit here. But 
yeah, just the, seeing those two different versions, like the one that, you know, the one that I, I feel like you prefer, mm. um, the boxier one, which I, I do as well, getting that space in there and even just the look of it looked, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That yeah. industrial look is nice. <laughs> yeah, it, this is like one of those ships, like, much like the Orion, where I think its beauty is in how industrial and ugly it is. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. makes it look so cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Question is, uh, and, and I'll ask this because I don't remember seeing it in the documents. Maybe I've just missed it. But I've always wondered because of the design of this ship, we know we always think of it repairing spaceships, being out in space. But that front ramp implies that there's also the fact that something can be driven into it. So are we also talking about tanks and vehicles coming in to be repaired here, Graham? There's definitely people that have talked about, you know, you know, they said in that video um, that Randy Vasquez, he said that you could leave the scarab, you know, in orbit. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of people said, there's also no reason why you couldn't go down to an outpost or someplace where a ground-based battle and park this thing slightly, you know, mm-hmm. behind the front lines, mm-hmm. leave it down there. And now ground vehicles can go repair there. There's absolutely nothing to state that you can't do that. The ramp itself um, while they've never specifically said there's a ramp on the front of this, mm-hmm. um, this is one of those situations where if you really tear the model apart, which mm-hmm. I've done pretty extensively with this ship, you tear the, 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 um, the model apart, there are hinges up there for that ramp. So they've built in some blocking for that mm-hmm. to rotate down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, ultimately, I think that is the intention, yeah. Okay, okay. So that's that. And I, I think, I mean, they, they talk about it, like even just the idea of bringing on supplies. Mm-hmm. They do talk about having an elevator that has the 36 SCU, which I think is like uh, some of the old metrics that they were going by mm-hmm. for that. But like being able to bring on a cart or like, you know, bringing on supplies. I don't know if, uh, you know, at some point you'll be using uh, the carts or something like that, or if they'll have a vehicle that does transport of, of components and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be really helpful to have a ramp on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Abdi, that brings up another really good point. Um, remember this, the thing that we've been told time and time again when it comes to things, ships like the Kraken, mm-hmm. and uh, the Kraken's a great example. You know, the Kraken has full repair capabilities as well. Right. Um, now it is limited to ships that can fit on its deck or, or in its hangars, mm-hmm. but it's one of the few ships that has full, you know, 100% um, repair capability. But one thing they're always remember to say is that the repair materials fit within the Kraken's hold. Right. You know, the Kraken's got those mm-hmm. four big massive fuel tanks, but when it refuels ships, it's pulling it from those tanks. Mm-hmm. One thing that I don't see on the Crucible when I really dissect it is I don't see a big cargo area anywhere. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with this being such a, uh, you know, a big repair ship, especially if it's repairing something like an Idris or any sort of capital, we there's really not a lot of room for repair materials, especially when you consider now the boxes on the back of the raft being 32 SCU mm-hmm. and being sort of a standard size cargo box, which mm-hmm. could maybe hold repair materials. Yeah. I don't know. You couldn't fit too many of those boxes in, even in the Scarab. So right. I, I think this ship is going to have to grow just to get just holdings for repair materials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For yeah. And even like components, like if you go to uh, like, yep. you know, IAE or something like that, and you look at the components of some of those capital class size ships and mm-hmm. it's just yep. like, 
if they're you want to you know if it, yeah they're huge if you want to if, if something gets shot through or completely destroyed like maybe repaired what's there or if you need to replace it like those components you're going to have to have those on board yeah yeah um you know if you're going to want to swap those out can we oh yeah i mean they could easily you know one of one capital component like a jump drive or something can be as big as an arrow mm -hmm. in some certain you know some right, circumstances. Yeah. So. Sure, sure. i i feel like we're so used to right now seeing things through the moby glass or you know like you, you just click on something to swap it yeah but getting used to that idea that like probably by the time that this is live we'll, we'll be thinking more of like physicalized components where yeah you got to bring extra with you or be able to fix what you got right yeah and I mean, in this configuration you're seeing here, obviously, is, is sort of what I call the capital configuration, mm -hmm. which in the original Jump Point magazine, they actually refer to the Crucible as having three variants, um, a small hangar mm -hmm. variant, a large hangar variant, and a capital variant. Um, I think it's the same ship. They just has different modes, obviously. But yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah that's what you're seeing here. Yeah. Like, um, I, I would think that if you had components, they would be on that first floor, like in that cargo area that's on the first floor of the Crucible. Like, there's that's where that cargo bay is supposed to be for, like, components like that. At least that's what they showed in that video earlier. But I don't know how much you're really going to be able to store in there. Yeah, I think that's right. what goes back to the whole point of the fact that it will have to grow just because of that, yep. if nothing else. I do want to ask a question. I've heard people say this in the past about this ship, that they... And I want to make sure I'm saying this right, that they think that they can manufacture things on this ship, that the ship uh, makes things for ships. Uh, and my understanding is that this is a, a repair ship. That's its main function. Is that correct as far as you guys know? I I think that's both true and not true. It's It's not true in the sense that it cannot, I don't believe it can manufacture a component. Right. Yeah. Um, like it can't manufacture a jump drive, but what it can do, and and that's and it's done through the repair uh, manager terminal, mm -hmm. is it can manufacture materials. Um, so, for example, if you bring, I think the idea is if you bring aluminum and, 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 and some mix whatever, and you combine those, mm -hmm. you're able to then manufacture, you know, a micro a microfiber alloy plate. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So there's some manufacturing going on, but it's not in 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 terms of like full components or right. anything. Okay. Very yeah. good. And then the last video that we have here is when you were just talking about Grim, where we get an example of the ship uh, working on a cap. Right. And this is the one that kind of blew my mind when I saw scale uh, of this ship that didn't, yep. until you, like you said, until you see it next to something, you kind of don't realize how big the ship is. Yeah. 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 I think uh, the Idris is 242 meters long versus the 90 meters long of the Crucible. The, the, the thing about the Crucible that can be a little de um, deceiving, though, is that it's got a pretty wide beam. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you get those gangly arms out there, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's quite large. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's overall footprint is large. So. Yeah. yeah. So if you, like, are a really big guy and you need someone to, like, you know, right. really work those, those shoulders. That's right. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, do. One absolutely. Other, one other question, and maybe you guys can answer this. I know they talked about having this great view, being able to see when you're repairing, but I'm looking at those arms reaching out to that Idris. I mean, are you going to have some magnifying binocular or something? Because to know where those lasers are hitting and hitting the right spot, 
uh, or is there some indicator that will tell you when you're, you know, welding or doing the right thing at a certain location? Because that's a good distance from the Idris to where, you know, the, 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 the operators yeah. would be sitting. I, I would think there's cameras on the end of the, Maybe. of the arms. Okay. Um, and I, I feel that way because we sort of got a little bit of a clue that CIG's has that on mind because when when they last showed us the whole C, I think last year in ISC, they mm -hmm. actually gave a brief hint kind of teaser where mm -hmm. they showed working security cameras mm -hmm. um, on the whole C, looking out over some of its cargo right. arrays. Right. Um, yeah. I, so maybe hopefully we'll start to get that in ships, you know, in the yeah. future where you can actually have cameras in certain areas and which would be really cool on large ships for, you know, security reasons mm -hmm. or whatever. But obviously for the crucible, it'd be very helpful. Yeah. And I figure for the drones, if nothing else, the drones will have to have some yeah. ability to do that as well. So, but yeah. I was just kind of curious about this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you would be using like visual your own eyesight the way that you would if you were in a regular turret. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like this would probably be something like a remote turret view kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, this, it's pure speculation, but what, what do you think about that? that like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, like you said, if this camera's on I, the end of it and you're looking at a remote turret type screen yeah. or something, that, that makes good sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it it's like one operator per arm, right? Like it's not, or would it scale, you think? Yeah, I think it's one operator per arm, mm -hmm. um, yeah. primarily because when they do mention the inverse kinematic controls for the arms and how you're going to drive the, the head of the arm to a location and the rest of the arm will auto gimbal to that location, um, they said specifically the reason they were going that route, and, and this is all in that jump point issue, they say specifically to make the controls manageable for a user. Um, I would worry that two arms would start to get pretty unwieldy, but you <laughs> yeah. bring up a good point because that makes me wonder why the drones have four arms and what are the other <laughs> arms for on the drones? Yeah, right. So I don't have yeah. the answers, yeah. but it's it's a definitely a good question. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. yeah. Okay. Certainly a little bit like towards Starlet's point of maybe if it was automatic yeah. at all, then it would just be you yeah. tell it where to go and all four of those arms animate in some way to make it look as if this or right. that. Yeah. Maybe drones function I, that yeah. way. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I miss the old drones that we used to have, the old repair drones back in the day. I don't mm. know if you guys remember them. Do you remember them, Abdi? The, uh, I don't. The, so I came into this at the end of uh, 2015, no, and I don't remember. I didn't have any ships that, and like I wasn't tracking oh, the way with, no. that I'm tracking the game right what was now. The, what was the name of the at Cry Astro? You don't remember the drones would fly out over your ship and they put the laser beam on your ship and repair it? Is this in the hangars? You said that like no, uh, they have these it, in the no, hangars. No, no, this is this is when we had Cry Astro Station, which was the repair where you had to go to get repairs. You weren't getting repairs. Yeah, I don't Portland. remember this. Oh no. my goodness! Yeah, you go to Cry Astro Station. Were, you don't were remember they that the Aegis? Were I, no, that was before my this time. Before in your the time game. Too? Were they? Were they? Oh. Were they the actual well, Aegis repair drones? Yeah. Okay. They, yeah. I, I wish I had video. I wish I. Some yeah. of you in chat might remember what, what you would do. There was an actual station that was out between Yella and Port O whatever you go there to get repaired they had about 12 platforms out there like four big ones and eight small ones you'd land yeah. there and then you'd ask to be repaired and then these literal drones like the kind of drones we have today right with the four blades mm -hmm. on them there's four oh, okay. of them four of them would fly out and they take one you know each quarter of your ship and then these laser beams would come out and then you would literally see your ship get repaired and then those ships they'd go back and fly back in and you take off <laughs> and yeah. I was saying, I'm we're supposed that. to get 
get that back, I think it will be, I think the drones might be different. I think they might oh, yeah. be those, the larger ages repair drones yeah. that we've seen on the Vulcan and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah. I, I, I'm oh, sorry. Gomab, I missed that. Gomab that posted cool. it. Gomab posted it? Oh, in the uh in the broadcast oh did he yeah okay let me see if i can show it real quick i don't know if i can show it real quick i'll try uh no worries no worries i just think that that's cool i'm gonna watch that later for yeah sure. i'll try to i'll try to bring it up while we're doing this other part here let's go ahead and jump into the q a yeah. for the crucible uh a lot of stuff here that hopefully will answer some questions for some folks and we do have a couple questions that uh some of the viewers have submitted too Hopefully these, what we're going to read to you now will answer some of the questions that you might have, uh, about the crucibles. So let me get my screen in a good place here so I can see. I got new glasses this week and I really can't see worth a lick. Um, <laughs> you're settling into them. Breaking it's terrible. In glasses. You get new glasses and you still can't see, you know, it's like, what the heck was, what was the point? Okay. Let's <laughs> see. That's that one. Or is that there it is there. Okay. So anvil crucible. Here are some questions that were asked. These are some of the schematic drawings that you guys saw earlier. Uh, if the crucible has an enclosed repair bay installed, can it navigate a jump point with a ship in its bay? Uh, yes, at that point- Pocket ship... carrier. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A ship will be treated like cargo since it will be landed and locked down with the enclosures. The only impact on the crucible's performance will be any changes resulting from the increase of total mass. So we did yep. talk about that a little bit earlier. Yeah, um, that engine, yeah. Yep. To what extent will a Crucible crew be able to repair damages sustained to their own hull and components? The Crucible can repair anything except itself. Really makes you think, no, there's a good amount of cap capacity for self-repair. Internal components are fully accessible for repair, and most minor damage should be handled by the ship itself through use of an EVA, which we saw in the video. Uh, onboard mm -hmm. tools and drones. Major hull repair might require a dry dock visit to another cru or another Crucible as the repair arms don't reach the entire ship. By the way, if you guys have anything you wanna chime in on, feel free to stop me at any point here. Um, can the garage unit be left floating in space while the Crucible repairs larger ships like the Constellation? Yes, the Crucible's garage is meant to be able to undock and redock, but to repair a larger ship, one does not necessarily need to undock from the garage. The larger ship repair arms and drones should be used to making repairs on larger ships. Grim, there was an image I saw, and it was the Retaliator. Where, and I remember CIG talking about this years ago about something like ships, like like some ships can literally, the whole ship can fit in that dock area, but like yeah. the Retaliator actually was hanging out of the back of the thing. Yeah. So, is that kind of like the expectation for certain ships that have length to them? That that's I think a... so. Yeah. Okay. Really, I thought it was just like a demonstration of size. Okay, that's interesting. I I think that. Um... I think technically, as long as it's it's still going to fall within the whole if it sits, it fits thing. Mm -hmm. um, sure. So, you know, the more so you got to get the off, pink flag, you yeah. got to get the pink flag on the back of the tally. So, so when yeah. you're driving down the hallway or driving yeah. down the highway, you're just like, pass me, man, pass me. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the larger and more precarious it is, the more dangerous it is. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, so I think all that goes into it, but yeah. And I can say too, you know, that note about, you know, the, the larger capital, I call them capital repair arms, being mm -hmm. able to come out mm -hmm. while the hangar's attached. Mm -hmm. It's so tight right now in the model. That's another area where I think you would need some more kind of bleed room mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's extremely tight. Yeah. Interesting. And to this point, 
what's the largest crucible the ship the crucible can repair our ships larger than this repaired right now we we have fit in most of the single seater fighter mind you guys this is 2015 keep that in mind single seater ships uh without issue but the cutlass actually fits with the uh with the garage door with the top open we're still in development the old cutlass, oh, the old, and it was the old cutlass that's true yep. <laughs> uh we are still in development and designing the details for the crucible and when the ship starts to be built up more we will be able to release more detailed dimensions on the garage and its clearances within part of the in-world design spec was that it needed to be able to handle all of the military single seaters with a particular focus on anvil designs as as a result hmm. you can be sure it'll hold a hornet and a gladiator now that's interesting yep. I think that they're going to be to their advantage to expand that beyond anvil stuff. That's my general feeling about that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they can just use anvil ships as their metric for the size of that ship for, for yeah. single 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 seater fighters at least. Yeah. Uh, mm. What did I just do? Did I just erase something? Oh my god! Or did I just black something? Oh, there we go. Hit the space bar. Okay. Um, will we? Will the AI? I'm sorry. From the sales page which will be necessary for a larger repair and salvage operations. Can we expect a different salvage scarab module in the future? The ship will have limited salvage capabilities due to salvage and repair sharing some, some actions and mechanics, but we will be mm-hmm. going into more detail on salvage. That was another thing too. I heard people in early days thinking that the ship had some salvaging capability because I thought that they said that there was going to be like a tow truck, something that was supposed to be able to retrieve stuff for the ship in the early days. Oh, that's it. Uh, so there was a so in the three variants of the crucible originally listed in jump point, there was a hangar variant, mm-hmm. a capital repair variant, and a tow truck variant. Yeah, the tugboat. Yeah, you were yeah the tugboat that variant. Yeah. That's that's right. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I wasn't crazy. I, mean, I think you were, yeah, you were saying like the tugboat variant is kind of uh, yeah. got nixed from this whole thing. Yep. 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 Okay. Yeah, uh, I think it got lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will the AI be able to perform either role described in the ship repair and maintenance post, AKA can it operate a crucible? Can I operate a crucible solo? Eventually, <laughs> yes. Although no AI crew will ever be as efficient as humans working together. To answer the, the question more broadly, the crucible is specifically designed for a single captain to both operate and engage in repair tasks. Hence the moving restaurant design that lets the, lets, that's, lets the main set change between the forward view and overview of the scarab they say you can do it i wouldn't do it too much risk, yeah too much risk for me as a one-man operation one person operation one yeah that's me one person with uh with a with blades <laughs> yeah that to me, blades, but ai but ai not, not blades <laughs> that to me definitely sounds like and i don't fault cig for doing this occasionally mm-hmm. I, I mean every Probably does it, but that does seem a little bit like marketing speak to, mm-hmm. you know, to help like, <laughs> you know, prospective mm-hmm. buyers not feel too scared of the, of the crew requirements, but mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. Will we be able to repair fighters in route or will we need to be stationary until the repairs are complete? Right now we plan for external repairs to be done while the ship is stationary, but we do plan to allow for fixing smaller ships within the garage during transit. Think of the crucible as a dry dock for small ships and scaffolding for larger ships that fit the garage so proper so the garage can properly land sorry and so we will mm-hmm. move with the crucible now i i don't remember this grim and i've always just assumed it that that garage is is uh the workshop area is pressurized is that correct pressurized it's got um 
if you zoom in in the area where it connects to the cab, mm -hmm. um, there are even in the hollow model now, these early hollow models, there are double, you know, double doors, double doors on right. every entrance and exit for pressurization. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's something actually that stood out to me when I kind of dug into it. I was like, oh, wow, they've already kind of built that in, you know, and there's some ships they don't do that on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the ship shape, he seemed to be talking about airlocks or pressurization mm -hmm. all throughout the ship. So many different ways of getting in and out, whether you want to do EVA or, or this or that, you know, if you're doing EVA repair or whatever. So mm -hmm. that's, I find that really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Does the Crucible still have the Miller ERS or the towing capabilities? Yes, the Miller ERS has been replaced by repair drones while we explore how to meaningfully enable construction actions on the scale implied by the Miller ERS. We have also discussed how towing might be handled, but I but don't have solid answers on that implementation yet. Towing actions are likely to be fairly limited for a single ship if they are ultimately factored in at all. We are also thinking about a dedicated variant which would replace the Scarab with towing equipment. I think most of that has gone out the window. Is that still true, do you guys know? Probably right. to the SRV now, I think yeah. she's handling that. SRV is gonna so. be taking care of that, okay. Is there any gameplay that would require multiple Crucibles to be working in unison? The Crucible is capable of repairing a, a, a majority of damages Obtained by a ship. We do not have multi-crucible gameplay in our plans for the near future, but we are looking ahead to scenarios where multiple ships might work might more quickly repair a crippled larger capital, such as a bingle. Can no. I use my reclaimer to salvage ship components and then use my crucible to re reassemble them? The crucible does not fabricate components. It can only repair components that already exist. So, yes, but you will use the salvage materials to repair other components, not to assemble mm. new ones. We are still in the process of designing salvage, but ideally we want both systems to work in tandem so that one could salvage materials and then use those same materials in repairing another ship. Molman, thank you so much for the resub Thanks, for three Molman. months. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Yep. Um, Which makes you wonder if, because salvage and repair have a little bit of, um, you know, they kind of overlap a little bit, mm -hmm. it almost makes you wonder if you had one, if you had two ships in front of you, one of them is, is damaged, it almost makes you wonder if you couldn't use the crucible to strip some needed material off the perfectly fine ship and build it back onto the, to the new one. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what, you know, what scenario... <laughs> would, would mm -hmm. make that happen but it's interesting to think about um you know that sort of flexibility yeah okay. i mean I, I have a feeling like when you're in, out in places like pyro you might get kind of desperate you know for yeah you material. may yeah. so like that 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 could very well be a thing you have to do like if you had two ships in front of you one's at 60 percent health and one's at 20 percent health you may just strip the 20 percent health down completely mm -hmm. to get your mm -hmm. one in, in good fighting shape yeah you could it could be yeah mm -hmm. especially if you're in a far yeah. out system yeah right okay all right and our last part on the q a here how long do you anticipate it taking to repair a single heavy damaged hornet uh, our current balance plan suggests that the crucible with a repair crew of one would probably need 15 minutes to repair a heavily damaged hornet. A full crew would find a would find it a struggle to repair the same ship in 
faster than two or three minutes. Note that these are early whiteboard estimates and likely to change significantly once the system is in place and is tested by the community. Um, I That sounds kind of interesting to me that they would do that in two to three minutes of repairs on a heavily damaged <laughs> ship. Maybe, uh, but I think between the time of assessing the problems, getting the materials you need and everything else, eh, I'd, I'd like for it to be a little bit longer than a minute, than two minutes. That seems super, super fast to me, but that's just huh. me. That's just me. That's yeah, me. I don't know. Is that is that a constraint of like just having one arm operator uh, and the arm operator being the same thing as the, uh, what's that role called? The uh, the task manager the or something? Terminal task manager, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if it's an issue of that or, or what, but that's very interesting to me. It is. 15 best. minutes or three minutes or two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, by the way, you know, and we do want to emphasize this too. The CIG has talked about you know, some people may be wondering why will a ship like this be so important? I'll just go someplace and get repaired. Um, you know, one of the things that CIG has talked about is what's going to happen when you get into combat, into battles, when you're attacked, that it will be very difficult to completely destroy a ship. Um, most of the time you will just receive significant damage to the point where your ship just is immobilized, can't be moved. So that doesn't give you that advantage of saying, oh, my ship gets bad, I'll just fly somewhere. Nope, either you're gonna have to have the SRV, someone with an SRV come and tow you, or have someone who you can reach out to with a crucible who can come out and repair your ship, or at least getting into some type of working order so that it can be moved to another location. So even though we don't hear very much about this ship, I think that there is a great importance that it is going to lend to the universe. And I think people are going to find it invaluable. You will have a business card in your space wallet for someone who has a crucible. I guarantee you, yeah. you'll be calling. That's going to be me. It's going to be you. It's going to be, it's gonna be me. I'm the, Johan, me. I'm the Johan's service service. October towing yeah, service. Yeah. Okay. All right. Arity. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for that prime resub. Um, okay, we've got a couple. It actually, yeah, cool. it actually makes me really curious on like when they're going to get a repair ship at all in game because as we get into these mm. far flung systems, mm. um, the need is going to really start to pop up a lot more, especially systems that don't have a lot of repair stations. So yeah, yeah, and yeah. you kind of brought this up in your. I, I keep referencing y'all got to watch that that Grim stream, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but just the idea that we, you know, in terms of. Uh, you know, we have the the hand mining and, you know, rock mining. We have prospectors, uh -huh. we have moles, and we have the Orion. And right now with repair, there's not as much scaling with that. And yeah. uh, I'm 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 really interested to see if they come out again with a with a new repair ship that's like smaller, maybe no drones or anything like that. But it's just like a single kind of thing where you yeah. you go out there and you you repair a ship or, or something like that. So there's yeah. there's space in there, I think. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys so hey, much for the subs. For the thank you, Mad Style. Oh, we got a hype you. train coming. Yeah, Mad Style. Nice. Thank you so much, Soros. <laughs> thank you as well, and and Comic Stud. Thank you for the 100 bits again. Thank you. Thank you all so 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 much. We really really appreciate it. As you guys know, everything that comes into here, we turn right back around and do our giveaways. In fact, we got to start doing some giveaways. We did some right at the begin end of the year. We got to do some more. So. Um, maybe we'll start thinking hey, about but doing thanks for the hype train everybody that's super yeah, cool that's awesome. yeah absolutely thank you guys we we appreciate it uh we do have a couple i mean go ahead, go ahead, uh, one other thing i'll add to what abdi just said is that i think oh we got another Matt uh -oh. style, thank Matt you for style, the five what? gifts to the community thank <laughs> thanks, you Matt style. thank you he's pushing us over the edge here with the uh, hype train <laughs> thank you mad style as awesome. always thank you 
But you bring up the Vulcan and the Crucible. Mm -hmm. The Vulcan is purely drone repair focused. Mm -hmm. It really has no other way to re repair. Mm -hmm. The Crucible has the robot arms, the, the repair manager roles. It has drones as well. Mm -hmm. um, so what we're really missing is we're missing a Vulcan-sized ship, so that medium-sized ship that is mm. repair arm-based mm. instead of drone-based. Mm. So I still yeah. think there's a place for um, that. And to be quite honest with you, that medium-sized robot or repair arm-based mm -hmm. repair ship is the one I think they could fast track in development easier mm -hmm. than the Crucible or Vulcan. Oh, and yeah. and again, as we're going into places like Pyro, where they've actually said that um, the Pyro star itself will send out damaging waves of radiation, yeah. you know, repair is going to become a thing. And because salvage is sort of half of repair, that's the stripping part. Right. Maybe yeah. what we'll see in 2023 or something is a focus on tier zero repair where they add in the, you know, the repair laser because they've already got the salvage stripping laser and we get mm -hmm. a medium size like Vulcan size ship uh, that uses maybe one robot arm to do that work. Yeah. You know, think like a prospector, uh, but for repair. Yeah. Yeah. By, by the way, Grim, you're supposed to learn from Chris Roberts. Never give dates. Never give dates. Right. Okay. I know. Never I know. It's terrible. But, but you know, <laughs> when you look at the timelines, I could definitely see yeah. in a year or two years they need they would need to at least turn their focus to that. Mm -hmm. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah I I agree. I agree. There's there's uh, there's definitely space for that. Yeah. And it's kind of exciting too, because I feel like that as someone who loves to do, you know, industry centered roles in in Star Citizen, I feel like. Um, like there's just there's there's possibilities there and I'm I'm curious to see what ends up coming out in that space. I could really see, believe it or not, I could really see Drake having a ship <laughs> like that, a repair ship. Yeah. They seem like the perfect like they need a tow truck mm -hmm. ship. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting that Aegis has a repair ship and Anvil mm -hmm. do two military um, you know, right. manufacturers. Um so it'd be interesting to see, you know, what manufacturer gets that next repair ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We've got a couple of questions from uh, the fans out there. First one is coming from, uh, I haven't seen this guy's name before, Fastcart uh, asked the question. <laughs> uh, the Crucible is currently $350 US. What do you think it will be when it's flight ready? Any, any projections there, guys? It's gonna be a lot. I feel like it's gonna be plus five hundred, like plus six hundred. I don't know what what is a. I think the Orion right now is like five hundred something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that isn't even out yet. So I feel like once this thing is actually in a place, and even then, like, uh, yeah, I just I can't see it being anything less than like six hundred fifty bucks. Mm. I think, um, yeah, I think seven hundred, definitely, um, and that's. I honestly think 700, even at its current scale, um, to be quite yep. honest with you, when you consider the Liberator is what, five, 550, mm -hmm. and that's yep. really just a platform for moving ships. <laughs> this is a platform mm -hmm. for moving ships and re full repair. Mm -hmm. And it's the only ship, you know, again, beyond the cruise, the Vulcan and the Crucible are the only ships that can fully repair another vessel. Right. Um, so that, that, yeah, I mean, all, I think all day long, 700. Mm. Okay. Yeah, okay. definitely. All right. All One right. of those ones where it's like, if you really, really want to support the development and you really are interested in this role, it might be <laughs> something worth like hopping on whenever they have the next. Uh, yeah. 
next it's currently a great deal oh yeah i'll say that yeah yeah that's why i jumped on it i was just like you know what neither the vulcan nor the nor the uh crucible are out but once either of those comes out i'm sure you're probably going to get like like it once the i think the vulcan will come out first right like that seems to me more likely so that'll probably be the loner ship that they switch to from what it is right now which is like the Starliner, or not the Starliner, but the Starfarer mm-hmm. might be the loner. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. What's the loner for the Crucible right now? I think it's the Starfarer. Yeah, whatever it is, it doesn't repair. <laughs> right. <Nope. laughs> whatever it That's is. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we do know that other ships like the Carrick, technically the Nautilus, um, any ship that can carry drones will technically be able to carry repair drones. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it. It's just a lot of those ships aren't going to have the, the neat, you know, the um, material holding capability to to provide the repair, you know, the repair materials. So, for example, right. the Nautilus will be able to carry those repair drones. It just will not. It has no place to store repair equipment and, mm-hmm. and raw materials. Yeah. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with that. I I think there is a larger question in like how far away is drone gameplay, mm, whether it's yeah. repair or Nemo drones on the Nautilus for for deactivating mines. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious about that because that will dictate how far off the Vulcan is. Yeah, yeah. It, there are a lot of ships that will be impacted by drones already that we've got in yeah. the game. So I'm I'm oh, itching yeah. to see. Yeah, when that and they've sort of in. got the the arms down already. The mm-hmm. kind of repair arm mm-hmm. lasers with the prospector and yeah. the rock and all that. Yeah. So I really feel like that's the first repair ship. Mm-hmm. We just don't know what who's making it yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Our, and our, by the way, I was wrong. The Crucible's loner right now is the Connie Andromeda. Oh, okay. Mm. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, I know, right? All right, we've got one more question here. This is from, uh, I hope I say this name correctly. Horse and Bacon. Horse and Bacon. Okay. Uh, if it can, referring to the Crucible, if it can repair an airframe, do you think it could create an airframe and build a small ship as long as it stocks components? I don't think they'll want to be able to do that. No, I don't. I I think not building theory, anything from scratch. It sounds like yeah, but I don't think that's something they'd want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They 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 do make mention of the Crucible being able to like repair full wings that have been blown off and stuff right. with enough mm-hmm. material. So obviously there's some superstructure in there, um, but I think that is much different than rebuilding like a cockpit like mm-hmm. an entire cockpit and especially from scratch i mean we know just because of what cig does the level of detail with their ships that we're not going to get anything too customizable so it would have to be rebuilding a ship from scratch a known ship and they never make any real claims about it rebuilding uh for example engines completely or cockpits they right. really have only talked about it rebuilding um like wings from scratch mm-hmm. again that's that's oh, just yeah. what they list it yeah. doesn't that's not official you know doctrine of how to work but that's all they've really put in writing yeah you know the other thing too i i think about this ship it, we were talking about the cargo space earlier and obviously you were referring to the space that was down in that lower deck and i wonder uh some ships will take capital to operate them, if that's making any sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. got to stock it. You, you got your food and your water and stuff for your crew. That's one thing. But 
you've got to decide what you're going to carry. I think this is one of the big things about the Vulcan too. It's like, you know, what do I stock this ship with? Um, am I going to stock this ship with just all low grade parts? You know what I mean? Like right. level, you know, class three level D cause it's cheap and I can have that just to get people where they got to go. I'm not trying to put a class one level one, you know, in your fighter, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. because I can't, you know, first of all, I can't afford to have 20 of those on my ship. You know what I mean? At, at, uh, at 70,000 mm-hmm. a pop, but I can have a bunch of, you know, $9,000 components on my ship that I can, I can fix you up and get you moving. Yep. Uh, do you guys think that's going to kind of be the way people are going to operate? Or do you think there will be people that'll, I've got a class, class two, class three, grade A, grade B, pick, you know, what do you think? Man, I think it's going to be, you know, like you, you got to think about it, like as, in terms of where you're operating again, like it's not just about what you want to do. It's about where you're doing it. So mm-hmm. like, let's say you're in pyro. Do you want to, do you want to be like, you know, that big juicy meal for them pirates out there? Who's like, mm, <laughs> look at them expensive components. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just yeah. hop on board and take that. Mm-hmm. Or do you want to like, you know, think about, you know, cutting your losses or, you know, making sure that you have just what you need, you know, instead of, of going overboard and, and, or if you're in a place where it's relatively safe, mm-hmm. you know, only catering to origin owners, you know? So everything's expensive, you know? Like, right. you, know, you, can, you can do that oh, kind of boy, thing. Oh boy, oh boy, oh <laughs> boy. You would go there, right? You would go there. And, you know, we know too from what Tony Zervek has said with Quantum and how everything from pirate activity to, you know, the amount of refining going on and or, or mining going on in a certain system, costs are going to heavily fluctuate. Yeah. So you could mm-hmm. easily imagine in pyro, the price of raw materials may be much higher. So any repair going on in that system is probably going to be higher as a result of that because the crucible, unless it has another ship in its fleet providing it with those raw materials, I imagine the crucible is going to have to land over at Ruin Station or go dock over there, um, buy a bunch of raw materials, commonly used raw materials for repair at, at pyro prices, and then it's going to have to ratchet up its prices, put a premium on that when it's in that system to repair versus if they're in Stanton and, you know, those materials are readily available, you know, without much risk. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think the, that you know, the system you're in could definitely, you know, affect price or for example if you're if you have an org that's dominating a you know a system to the point where they're choking off you know material supplies in by npcs and players Mm -hmm. maybe that pushes quantum into a place where repair costs need to be higher again it'll just be determined on how quantum works ultimately it's gonna be be like buying a graphics card man just like (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) absolutely oh god that's Uh, terrible i was gonna trigger some people bad fish too thank you thank you for the follow from whammer whammer says thank you as well um we do have another question jaja asked this question he says building on the previous question what do you think would be the minimum ship necessary to rebuild the ship and he puts down his follow-up he's like do you just need a wheel and a windshield you know how much ship needs to be there for them to to uh to build on it uh is it chinook 30 thank you also thank you for the follow as well thank you thank you thanks for the follow i i know i saw somewhere in the documentation it was saying something like you might be able to take derelicts Mm-hmm. and repair those to a functional state again. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, what's the condition of those derelicts, you know? And I I don't know. I, I'm curious to hear what Grim thinks. Well, I think um, 
if we go by the original repair documents that Todd Pepe laid out, mm -hmm. one of the things that they discuss is that, um, for I example, if you out. need some plating for a ship, there's not just one, there's tiers of plating. So there's like mm. low tier plate, medium, high, you know what I mean? So it, it's probably a bit speculative, but if you wanted to repair a ship with all high tier, everything, high tier, you know, parts and pieces of material, then you're probably going to need much more material. But if you were okay with just repairing a ship to maybe just be flight ready, but like maybe not be totally ready to go back into combat, but maybe you could at least fly at home, then it would probably require much less. So I think it ultimately probably comes into like, how repaired do you want it? Because you may not always want to fully repair. You know what I mean? Um, mm, maybe yeah. you just want to get home or maybe you want to like go back into battle, you know what I mean? Which at yeah. that point, not only do you need to be repaired, but you need to be like fully armed. Your components need to be rocking because you need your shields working. So there's probably some different levels there. Yeah. Yeah. And to that point, you just asked Grim, and I'll throw this question to both of you guys. Is the Crucible also a restocking ship or just repair? Because I've never, even though the Vulcan, we do yeah. hear about restocking, but I don't think I ever saw anything about the Crucible, you know, being able to restock. Hi. So, I mean, you guys know, know I'm talking about ordinance. ordinances and stuff is what I'm talking about, guys. Yeah. What, what, yeah. Any so I'm coming at it kind of thinking like, uh, well, the the recent discussion around the, uh, the, uh, what is it called? The the new ship that just came out that everyone's been arguing about. The big one. The Liberator? Oh my not the Liberator. Oh. oh, the Odyssey? Odyssey. Odyssey. The Odyssey. Yeah, the Odyssey. So everyone's talking about, oh, can that refuel this or refuel that? And I feel like it's it's more about what you put on your ship. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not like your ship has like specific functionality, you know, to help with that. It's like if you want to do it, you gotta bring it on board and you gotta do it manually kind of a thing. Mm. Cause I, I didn't see anything about it being like, Oh, here's a little gas tank that you like is built into the ship and it's going to attach right, you know, nicely. I feel like it's going to be one of those things where you bring out a hose from a, I don't know, some kind of big barrel and you're like hooking that thing up yourself kind of thing. Mm, okay. Yeah. I, um, I, I think the crucible is not currently spec to do rearming, refueling. Um, but I, I do wonder if they're going to add that because when you look at a lot of the other ships that can do repair mm -hmm. and, and really I kind of keep going back to the Kraken in this regard because mm -hmm. it is one of the only ships, uh, maybe the Polaris hangar can do this, um, but it, either way, the Kraken is one of the very few ships that has a fully enclosed repair hanger right it has two of them mm -hmm. and those repair hangers are listed as rearm you know repair rearm refuel mm -hmm. hangers and i kind of think that the scarab if you're carrying the workshop with you then the workshop will have the ability to do some rearm maybe not maybe not even rearm but maybe some limited refuel maybe some limited rearm at least as much as you can carry in your holds mm -hmm. um, right but if you don't have the scarab, then maybe you won't have that functionality. I don't, I don't know. It it really just depends on if they think of this, the workshop as a hanger. Mm. Um, yeah. Because even yeah. if you think about it, if you have stuff in the hold that's not in the scarab, yeah. and you're like, I need to get that outside, you're going to have to depressurize that entire, that entire room. And yeah. you're going to need to use tractor beams 
you're gonna have to bring it out there and do whatever kind of manual you know you know hookup process that you got to do and i that just doesn't really sound efficient you know what i mean yeah and i would think even if rearm is not available i would think some limited refuel is because yeah. if you think a ship is heavily damaged it, it may not have any fuel left, you know what I mean? It may be drained of fuel yeah. and all that, and you may repair it, and then the thing can't take off. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, what do you, you just yeah. take your arms and throw it out? I don't know. Yeah, I think you would at least want some <laughs> limited refuelability to at least get it out of there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it, it makes me curious if this is also supposed to be considered a tow truck and not as in like a tugboat, but like, oh, you got right. a ship, this ship has like, you know, someone shot through the fuel tank, there's no fuel in it, you know, for whatever reason you can't refuel it you're just going to have to bring this to a station and somehow somehow land on a pad or something like that yeah. and have it repair the ship inside the hangar i guess i don't know that sounds yeah. weird to me well red wolf one talks about you know those things were salvage and repair sort of been a holding pattern waiting for physicalized mm. damage I think, too, one of the systems that we need to see how it works to sort of get further answers on all this will be the um, the breakability system, um, which was finished up, I think, in early December of last year, if you look at the progress tracker. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's physicalized damage and breakability. But the breakability aspect of it, it's important because that determines what and how things get damaged. And it does make me wonder, like, can you damage a fuel tank, right? Mm -hmm. And leak fuel, things like that. So that'll be interesting to see. I mean, we yeah. know with components that it's not technically the component that will end up getting damaged, but it's the subcomponents that make up that component. And, uh, right, when, yeah. and when you go to the component, you're actually going to pull out subcomponents from it. And I think subcomponents are going to be those little chip card things that you've seen in videos and, and yeah. they've said that larger components may be made up of maybe it's six subcomponents but those are the things you're going to take out to repair mm -hmm. um so but i'm not totally sure how that affects like fuel tanks you know what i mean like right. carrick yeah. you can That's go find the fuel tank can that fuel tank be damaged is it is the fuel tank a component but maybe just yeah. a slightly different component to what we're thinking i don't know yeah yeah hmm Curious to see about all of it. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of questions, a lot of questions. Um, yeah, Josh, I thank you for that question. Uh, again, we don't you know. Can... Hmm? What were you saying? Oh, I just wanted to say you you go into the sub component discussion in the in the Grim video, right? Like the yeah. in yeah. in the Star Jump Grim video where y'all talk about the like different aspects of sub components and what types of sub components, and it, it's it's yeah. a really interesting discussion that, like, yeah, definitely a good video to accompany this one. And that's something I didn't even realize until I did the research for that episode. I didn't even know there was a subcomponent aspect of, of components, but mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it was pretty enlightening. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have covered a lot of information tonight and uh, we, we couldn't have done it without the great help of Star Jump Grimm being on with us tonight. Uh, we, we do want to be on. Yeah, Thanks we, for bringing me on. Oh, yeah. No, we do want to once again, uh, th th I there's so much I want to say about what these folks are doing. Uh, but we do want to tell you guys to check out their series that they have been doing. They just did a series on repair. You just did one on caps, if I'm not mistaken, too, right? Capital, Capital ships. ships yeah. yeah, we're going to do a part two on that. Ab yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then again, their Endeavor uh, series or ship uh, video was really good, too. So check them out when you guys get time. 
mods if you guys can drop the links in for those or for their channel that would be really great appreciate I, that i think i see in fact fast cart's already yeah. on it as usual he's on top of it already yeah. um Let's We're see. working on a pretty cool one for the Starliner that I think everyone will really dig. We're oh, gonna you're explode gonna make us, yeah, the view. Our next just like. Oh. Yeah, gonna, we're gonna, gonna we're actually gonna show different sort of interior layouts and stuff. Oh. So I think people will dig it. Oh, don't even don't even so start fun. that conversation. Jeez, yeah. don't even start. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, Grim, why don't you tell folks where they can find you and 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 do me a favor, talk a little bit about the uh, the shipyard thing you guys are doing, the ship. Uh, What's it called? Yeah. The you know what I'm uh, fleet about. viewer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I have my Twitch, which is you know star jump underscore grim, and then we have our YouTube channel, which was posted in chat. So you definitely go check that out. I appreciate it. Um, we you know we have our Discord, and there's a lot of stuff kind of going on in there all the time. Where we myself, Starlet, and Ender are always in there talking, as well as as other people. There's a lot of overlap there between the communities. Um, we have a lot of projects going on right now. So I'm currently, obviously, we kind of got known for my cinematic work that I did, you know, the Drake and then Aegis. And then I am in pre-production on an RSI cinematic that um, I'm shooting to be done for Invictus. Um, it's going to be a lot like the other cinematics in that I'm going to try to show some stuff that's maybe never been seen before. Um, Ooh, putting a lot mm. of effort into a big Titan suit battle scene. So if you're a fan <laughs> of Titan oh, suit. Y'all um, hear that? That's exciting. Um, yeah. And, and we're basing the Titan suits all, you know, off the very few available pieces of concept art. So trying to be as accurate as possible to the last visuals that have been seen. Okay. Um, but there's a whole there's there, there's a scene where a Perseus actually has its hanger drop down and there's about ten Titan suits oh that roll God. out of there. So <laughs> working on that, um, we have um, Star Jump Chronicles, which is some Ender's kind of dealing with, which mm -hmm. is our kind of machinima meets cinematics narrative storytelling stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, honestly, we got kind of inspired to do that because we, you know, we were watching a lot of the Soul Citizens videos where you review machinima and it got us pretty excited about that. So. Mm -hmm. um, we are we do Star Jump Station, which is our topic discussion show, and then myself, Starlet, and a group of collaborators are working on the Hangar Link, which is a there's Hangar Link, which is Starlet's website that does CCU chain calculation. We're building a fleet viewer into that that will utilize all my cinematic assets um, and allow you know the Star Citizen community to build fleet pictures because everyone loves their fleet pictures you know <laughs> be able to be, build fleet pictures using those high fidelity assets mm -hmm. um but we're going to try to put some cool functionality in there like for example if you select the endeavor you're actually going to choose which modules you want on it and it will display that way um and some other cool stuff um that's going really good we've i've, I've just pass some milestones on that because a lot of these ships do not really exist and yes there's hollow models for some of them but the hollow models are garbage and you can't even make them look good so a lot of these ships have had to really been rebuilt from scratch and that's with the knowledge that they'll be obsolete one day because cig will release the actual <laughs> ship and i'll have to update it but um we're getting real close. I'm probably at the 90% finish mark on nice. that. We're still Exciting. aiming for, for that to release this qu first quarter of this year, um, at least in a version one standpoint. But we're just trying to get some of those assets into people's hands, you know. And I do have to call out, um, there's some collaborators in the in the community who, who they know who they are. And I'm holding off specifically saying their names yet so they don't get inundated with requests from people. But 
they are much more technically savvy than I am. They make me look like a three-year-old <laughs> learning 3D. Um, and this group has made it possible that this fleet viewer is coming together. Um, they've developed tools and processes to get these ships looking amazing mm. and uh, extremely accurate. So uh, big thanks to okay. them. I actually was doing a talk with them today where they were teaching me something else new that I needed <laughs> to know. Um, and, I, and I couldn't, you know, do this stuff without them. So they know who they are. That's so, awesome. And when the fleet viewer comes out, we're going to do a proper credit to everyone involved for sure. Uh, but there's definitely a group out there that has helped me out and helped me really get through the cinematics in a way that I wouldn't have been able to done, you know, have done before. So amazing, cool. very cool, very cool. All right, thank you, man. Andy, yeah. tell everybody where they can find you now. You said you were thinking about uh, kicking back in your stream again. Yeah, so I'll be uh, streaming every Wednesday at uh, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Um, I'm in, I I primarily do illustration streams. I'm an illustrator, graphic designer, um, but I combine my illustration work with Star Citizen so that um, while I'm playing Star Citizen, I can swap back and forth between um, <laughs> just doing some like daily light drawings. And uh, cool. so if you are into that, feel free to follow me. I'm at Abdi Johan on Twitter. I'm Abdi Johan here on Twitch. Uh, don't find my YouTube channel because it's, it's just it's so it's like a just an old waste bin. Don't even, don't even go there. So don't worry about YouTube, but you can find me on Twitch and Twitter. Cool. Shim Pasta, uh, thank you for the follow. Aegis One, thank you for the follow, and Totally Regal, thank you all for those follows. We appreciate. You. I will. I will add in, um, I totally forgot to do this, but I might, I'll say this just because it might interest people, especially when talking about ships like the Crucible. Um, there actually is another show I'm starting next week um, called Star Jump Skunk Works, and it's really, it's kind of fun. Um, it's based off something I did casually in a stream one time, and I've mm -hmm. just sort of turned into an entire show. But essentially what we're going to do is when I stream, I'll be building in 3D um, with all the assets I have. And in chat, we'll take a vote on what someone <laughs> wants to see that's oh like God. not a reality yet. And <laughs> yeah. I will build it in real time. And at the end, I'll render out like a high-res beauty still of it as an all wallpaper <laughs> that everyone can have. Oh so the last time God. I did this, someone wanted to take the Kraken, remove all the flight decks, and replace it with like 15 size 8 turrets to turn it into this <laughs> massive capital gunship and we did that and i did a beauty render of it too so it was like really it was, looked like it was out of a cinematic um and everyone just really got a big kick out of it so i think we're going to do that going forward um and make a cool. show out of it and, and get a lot of community engagement so I'll probably start that show like end of this next week probably okay. nice yep. congratulations on so cool. that that's very cool that's very cool well, we want to tell everybody, thank you guys for being here with us. We really appreciate you. Uh-oh. Who we Who we going to raid? Okay. We are going to be raiding uh, Captain Archer. But before we do that, because, uh, you know, uh, Whammer gets excited. Uh, we want to talk about our two shows. <laughs> Thursday is our Soul Talk show, which is our community talk show. You guys can join us. That's hosted by FastCart, where folks come into our Discord, and they can ask us questions and tell us what they think about Star Citizen and all that good stuff. And then next Sunday, we're starting a new series called Shipyard. Where we're going to be going over all the manufacturers of the ships that we love in Star Citizen. We're going to talk about Aegis. They're going to be the first ones. We're going alphabetical, I think. So we're going to start off with Aegis, talking about the lore, where they're at, 
any information you want to talk about about Aegis and, and even Aegis ships a little bit, but really we're going to be talking about Aegis and their place in the Star Citizen universe. We hope you guys will join us for that series of Shipyard. We'll be doing those at the end of every month when we do uh, one of the uh, ship manufacturers. And Sweet. I think Very cool. other than that, that is about it. I think we're ready to go. We are going to be rating Captain Archer. So when you guys get over to Captain Archer, give a shout out, give some love. If you like what you see, follow him. Let him know that you came from the Soul Citizens. Grim, thank you again so much as always. Thank you for the visuals, the graphics, the knowledge. Abdi, I know you were really to get ready to get into this whole repair thing. So thank you for being here. I know baby and all, but we appreciate you being here. And thanks to all of you, our viewers, and all the folks who hung out with us tonight and hope you had a good time. And yeah. we'll see you guys real soon. And as always, we'll say the words. Can I do it? Can I do it? Yeah, go ahead and do it. <laughs> Peace, love, and soul. All right. Peace, love, and soul. We'll see you guys Love later. you, Whammer. <laughs> thanks, everyone. I always got to take care of Whammer. You know that, right? <laughs>